Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we're waiting. All right, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. It's your buddy Adam. Time for another Golf Unfiltered podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, over at golfunfiltered.com. Look us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Golf Unfiltered. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, go out, follow us on Facebook, see all the fun stuff that we put out there. We also have an Instagram and a few other fun things that you can find in the upper right hand corner of golfunfiltered.com. We do not have a guest today. It's just me riding solo again, but I am equipped with plenty of beer to get me through tonight's discussion. Uh, we got a few things that we want to talk about, just basically give you a status update on the current state of Golf Unfiltered, as well as just some of the things that's going on in the golf world. Uh, I am fresh, literally less than 10 minutes off of appearing on Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, which is a great Google Hangout that is run by Mr. Ricky Potts, uh, a past guest on the Golf Unfiltered podcast. You can go and uh, find past episodes on golfunfiltered.com under the podcast section. Um, and we had a great discussion. You know, we talked a lot about golf. Ricky does a great thing with the uh, Google Plus golf community, uh, which I believe is over 21,000 members now. Uh, there are multiple golf communities on Google Plus, but if you were to go out and search just for golf in the community section, uh, they're the big one. <laughs> they're the one that are over uh, 21,000 members, as I already mentioned, so they do a great job out there. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the podcast. I know that a few things have been going back and forth with, with feeds and maybe a few episodes are missing, and it's just been a shit show for, for most of the last week or so, uh, just to kind of let you know what's going on. So I've been working with the golfnewsnet.com uh, uh, site ran by uh, another friend of the podcast, Mr. Ryan Ballinger. He's appeared a couple times. Um, and we, uh, th- this podcast is simulcast, I should say, uh, over uh, the Golf News Net Radio Network. And so you can listen to us over there as well. Now, we've been trying to get the feed situation, um, well, I guess situated so that you could hear uh, us over there on their network, as well as me publishing it on Golf Unfiltered. And unfortunately, the internet never works right, because why would things be as easy? That would just be too easy, I guess. Uh, and so we've had some issues. So if you were subscribed to the second feed, and I know how silly that sounds, when we switch to SoundCloud, uh, you'll need to unsubscribe and then resubscribe to the original feed. Long story short, if you're in iTunes, go ahead and unsubscribe to the Golf Unfiltered podcast that you're currently subscribed to. Go ahead and search for the Golf Unfiltered podcast again and, and just click subscribe. Now, I know that's a pain in the ass. It's not something that I wanted to do. I, I had to do it for my own podcast, for crying out loud. But it's something that has to be done if you still want to listen. 
uh, to our podcast uh, and, and have it downloaded automatically to your device, whatever you listen to. So, sorry about that. We, I think, have gotten things figured out. All other podcasts will now be uploaded uh, again through WordPress. And ultimately, the problem was, for some reason, for those of you who blog and for those of you who are familiar with WordPress know, they update all the time. It's almost as frequent as Windows updates. Um, but for some reason, a recent update on WordPress whatever version uh, didn't allow you to upload uh, MP3 files of a certain size. So we had to work through that. That was the reason why we had to switch feeds. It's why I went to SoundCloud, blah, blah, blah. You don't care about any of that. But at the end of the day, we are back on the original feed. You should be able to go and listen to all the past episodes that you enjoyed. Uh, hopefully, even the ones, I believe there were four or five that we recorded while we were still on SoundCloud. So with that out of the way, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit, um, you know, away from the pro, pro game, I should say. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Just a couple topics I want to cover. I went to the driving range today, and fans of this podcast and fans of the site know that we've spoken with uh, Mr. Cristo Garcia. Uh, he is the the brainchild, that's not the right word to use, he is the creator of the uh, My Swing Evolution YouTube channel. He does a great job over there, he talks about all this great stuff about uh, Mr. Ben Hogan, his golf swing, and how Cristo changed his game, emulating Hogan's swing. He's recently come out with a fantastic golf instruction video called the Hogan Code, which is something that we have talked much about uh, here on the podcast as well on the site. I highly encourage you to go out to MySwingEvolution.com and purchase that video because I mean this with all sincerity. It is the best golf instruction video I've ever watched for a lot of reasons. Um, but at any rate, I went to the driving range to try out a few things that I picked up having watched the Hogan Code for, I don't know, how many times I've seen it now, but I, I watch it pretty often because there's a lot of great stuff there. Things are things go well, and I think many of you would relate to this, things go well on the driving range that don't necessarily translate to the golf course. Uh, I played over the weekend. I went, it, we had a beautiful day in Chicago. It was a beautiful weekend, actually. We, we topped uh, the 75-degree mark in April, which is a rarity. Um, it's certainly more frequent or more common to have a, a day in the temperatures of 40, maybe even 50, but certainly not 75. So it was a, a diamond in the rough, you might want to say. We went out. I was all excited. Things were, were going well in the driving range up to that point. I'm, I'm ready to Hogan coat the shit out of this course. And I played awful. It was terrible. Had a lot of fun. Went out with a couple buddies. My wife actually joined us, which is great. She's a good player. And we had a great time. It was a great weather. I got a nice sunburn, but unfortunately, it just didn't score well. And so, you know, I, I, I had to come back to home base. And I had to really reevaluate the things uh, that I was doing in my practice sessions. And I'll admit, I, I practice a lot more than I play. Um, some might say that playing is practice as well. I'm not one of those people. I actually enjoy going to the driving range and working on things. The problem with that, though, is that 
perhaps many, perhaps the same as many of you, I get lost in my head. I focus too much on mechanics. I focus too much on trying to get my hands in a certain position or, or pivoting as much as I need to and, and all these other things. And it, it just makes things super complicated and ultimately a lot less fun. You can't carbon copy a golf pro, or you shouldn't at least. And, and, and on that point, something that I failed to remember today, because I, I went through the same thing today. You know, I was trying to, to copy what I saw in the video, and I was trying to hit all the positions that, that Christo hit. And it's like, well, shit, if he can do it, I can do it. I have to remember something that Mr. John Sherman, another past guest on this very podcast, he's the writer of 101 Mistakes That All Golfers Make. In his book, he said, one of the worst things you can do is to emulate or to try and copy the golf swing of a pro. Certainly, a golf swing of a pro or a legend, the likes of Mr. Ben Hogan. So, what's the whole point of this? I need to get my shit together, and I need to stop trying to mimic somebody who I'm not. I mean, that's that's something that I think a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, uh, who are amateur players, who go out to the range, who enjoy practicing, but who also kind of get trapped in this mindset of, I need to look like this person in order to be a good golfer. You need to kind of cut that out. And I need to as well. And so the next time you go out to a driving range, if that's something that you see yourself doing, if that's something that you you know a habit that you know you fall into, that you're trying to hit all these positions. What's better that I've learned and I continue to learn is just focus on playing the game. Focus on getting the ball from point A to point B in any way that you can, keeping good fundamentals in mind, muscle memory, allowing that to take over, and sending that ball on its way. And it's, it's probably one of the hardest things that any golfer who wants to get better, someone who's not just a recreational, I'm going to go out every couple months, someone who actually wants to improve, that's something you have to keep in mind. Um, I see it all the time, and I'm sure many of you who are listening to this see it as well. If you go to a driving range and you see somebody just racking their brain over, you know, clinching their muscles and trying to get their hands in a certain position. It's, it's actually kind of funny to watch that at times, but also really damn sad because you know how hard that person's working. They're trying their hardest to get to something that perhaps they saw in a video or on YouTube or read in a book, but it's just not the way to go about it. It's great to try to work on drills. I'm learning that it's best to do things in incremental in an incremental fashion. But it's a whole nother thing to dedicate an entire practice uh, session on trying to hit specific positions in your swing. It just it's not going to work, and it's it's probably one of the worst things you can do. And that's coming from some guy from a guy who's played the game for over twenty years and has tried multiple different instructors and golf instruction books and. I spend more hours laying on my bed at night watching YouTube videos before I go to bed. I just, I don't even know <laughs> how many hours I've spent doing that, and it's just not the way to do it. 
So I highly encourage you. And if you if you're hearing this and this is something that you can relate to, hit, hit me up on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. Tell me your story. Tell me how I'm wrong if you disagree. Send me an email, Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. Let's talk about it. it. The golf swing is an amazing thing. It's something I love talking about. I'll do it until I'm blue in the face. I've already been talking about it for, what, 10 minutes now. And it's something that deserves to be talked about because no one's perfected it yet. And I think the reason, uh, truly, I think the reason that no one's perfected it yet is because everyone tries to perfect it. It's something that can't be done. It's it's a a, a body movement as different and as unique from one person to the next as a fingerprint. And I think people have, have said that all the time. I, I completely agree with it. Pardon me as I take a sip. Today, tonight, I am drinking a local brew. Uh, it is Outlaw from Two Brothers. It's a great India Pale Ale. Uh, not sponsored, or uh, not a sponsor of the Golf and Filter podcast, but they're a great brewery if you're ever in the Chicagoland area. And if you are, if you do plan on going, hit me up. I'd be more than happy to buy you a beer or have you buy me a few. So let's take a step away from my boring-ass game, because I'm sure all of you really wanted to hear about that. But thank you for indulging me. And let's get back into some of the news-worthy things that have been occurring in pro golf. And there probably isn't anyone, with the exception of perhaps uh, Jordan Choke Spieth, Um, there's probably no one who's moving the needle more than uh, Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. He uh, turned pro this past week over at the RBC Heritage. He played extremely well. Um, He obviously signed a uh, sponsorship deal with uh, Puma Golf, Puma Cobra, as we know, they're a package deal. And he just, he's going to do his thing. He's going to do his thing in as, a, as, as unique a way as possible. Um, because everyone knows all the little quirks about this guy. And if you haven't, I'm going to go through them right real quick. So, basically, his whole thing, he's the, he's the United States Amateur Champion. He's the NCAA uh, wonder kid who has gotten so much news for good reason. Uh, because he's an exceptional player. And on top of that, on, on top of being an exceptional player, he does it in an exceptional way. For those who don't know, he he's the guy that's got all his irons, all his clubs the same length. And there's just these weird uh, specifications on all his golf clubs. Um, he's got extremely oversized grips. He's got uh, really quirky lie angles on his irons and all this, that, and the other thing. And, and really what it all derives from is from a book. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the title, but I believe it's something along the lines of uh, the golfing machine or something of that nature. Uh, plus, this kid's like a physics genius, apparently. He's, he was a physics mayor in college, uh, major in college. He was, or the physics mayor, which is a completely different thing. <laughs> uh, but he was a physics major in college, and he just has this mind that lends itself to equations and angles and projectiles and vectors and integers, which is a word that he says often in his interviews, if you ever listen to him on the Golf Channel. And he just, he's built this persona and this character, this character that people are really drawn to for one reason or the other. Now, uh, along that same line of thought, he's also somewhat of a polarizing figure. Uh, he's not loved by a lot of people, which to me is, is mind-boggling. You know, I, I don't get it. I don't see why you can dislike a guy 
for being unique, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's just human nature. People don't always appreciate differences. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm putting that, uh, I'm understating that point. Um, but this guy, you know, I got to be honest with you. I think he's going to be great. And, and the reason I say great and not just a good player is because of the fact that he's got so much character to him. And let's face it, we are past the days of Tiger Woods. We are long past the days of the greats before Tiger Woods, where just pure talent got you into the limelight, if you were lucky. Because let's be honest, we're still talking about golf here. We're not talking about one of you know, America's pastime, which nowadays is the NFL. In the past, it was Major League Baseball. And at a time, they were running neck and neck with the NBA in the glory years. You have to be marketable now in order to be in the spotlight. We see that all the time. We see that with Ricky Fowler. People think he was overrated. PGA Tour pros, his peers, voted him as being the most overrated player in an anonymous survey, if you remember that from a few years ago or a couple years ago. Of course, Ricky responded in turn by winning the players as well as a few other uh, tournaments since that time. But he's highly marketable. He's the guy that goes out in these loud colors. He's the former BMX player that has a, a different side to him, a youthful, fun side to him, that a company that is trying to also be youthful and fun, such as Cobra and Puma, really latches on to. So they run with it. That's why, well, and I guess Tiger Woods, to an extent, was as well. And, and hey... There's a lot of reasons why he caught on as much as he did, in addition to the fact that he was one of the best players ever, if not the best, depending on which uh, what your perception is. He was a black guy that was playing golf, a white man's sport traditionally, or at least stereotypically, and he was doing it better than anyone else. And then he signs with the brand, Nike, that traditionally signs the hottest players in any sport. Michael Jordan, LeBron James nowadays, Kobe Bryant, many others. And so he had that going for him. He had the, his greatness, his own greatness. He had his uniqueness in terms of who he was in a sport that isn't very tolerant. I think I'm putting that pretty lightly <laughs> with unique characters. Plus, he got noticed by one of the best brands in all of sports, hell, in all of any company, market, or industry. So he was exceptionally marketable. And then you can certainly pull out other examples. Uh, Bubba Watson does it to an extent with Oakley and Pink, uh, with his pink driver and in his loud character. He's, he's probably the poster child for that company. Callaway Golf, they're signing not only... Some of the biggest and best players, such as Tom Watson, uh, the legend, uh, Phil Mickelson, who thinks he's a legend. Let's be honest, he is. Um, but they also have loud players and, and flashy players like Jamie Sadlowski. A long drive champion. Hasn't done shit on any PGA Tour a tournament or anything of that nature. But he's a character, and he's highly marketable. He's loud. He can do very exciting things with a golf club. That's what people want. And so how does Bryson DeChambeau fit into all this? Well, it's pretty obvious. He's the quirky guy that walks around in a hat that looks like Ben Hogan. 
He's got the Kangol hat when he's, when he's winning, you know, uh, the U.S. Amateur. He's this weird guy that's got golf clubs all the same length, but he plays well with them. He's a, an interesting character. He's an interesting story that people want to know more about. And so to get back to why people dislike him, well, I guess it just kind of comes with the territory, right? That's kind of how this sports thing works. People aren't going to enjoy someone who's different, someone who might come across as, depending on your perception, whether you like him or not, who might come across as uh, crass, who might come across as a little too self-aware or self-indulgent, perhaps is the better word. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about how he conveys himself in front of a camera. And quite frankly, he does an extremely well job. Well job, that's not a right phrase. <laughs> he does an extremely uh, good job. He does very well in front of the camera. You know who else does that very well? Jordan Spieth. The problem with that, though, is that Jordan Spieth isn't highly marketable. He's not a flashy guy unless he's winning. And unless he's extremely intelligent and cordial and the stereotypical nice guy in front of the camera. He's the wholesome safe bet. People have talked about this for the entire time Jordan has been in any form of the spotlight. He's the safe conservative bet. He's the poster child for what any brand would want as far as a safe bet. Bryson, he steps a little bit away from that. Yeah, he's extremely polite. He's extremely intelligent. That's evident. He knows how to handle himself in front of a, a, a camera. But because of his flashy nature, because he doesn't dress the same as everybody else, because he's got these weird things with his golf clubs, he's going to get... He's going to be a polarizing figure. Is that fair or not? It's just the way it is. But I would certainly hope that people who fall on one side of the fence, the negative side of the fence, the hater side of the fence. I hate that word, by the way. I'm a hater of the word hater. I would hope that they give him a chance and they base their opinion on something more than just what they hear him say or just because of the fact that he's different. He has a potential to be an ex the next big thing already in golf. And we're talking about the best players in the world right now. The three best. Jordan, Rory, and Jason. None of them are 30. And we're already talking about a kid who might be the next big thing. Yeah, it's early. We don't know yet. I'm willing to bet that he's going to be great. It's not going to be Smiley Kaufman, for crying out loud. And by the way, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> what the hell is going on? With this spring break vacation, with Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Smiley Kaufman, who else is it? Uh, Justin Thomas. I mean, what the fuck? Why, why do we need to know every little thing that they do on their vacation? Now, granted, if anyone has ever gone on Facebook in the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years or however long it's been a, a thing, people put vacation pictures all the time. It gets fucking annoying. I don't want to see it from my own family, though, let alone 
from these four jokers, four or five people, who are just obviously doing it to show how well they get along. Maybe I'm a pessimist in that regard. Maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe they truly are just having a great time and they will, they're will they really good friends. But come on, guys. Do we really need to see every little... I mean, earlier today, what was it? They took a picture holding a child. <laughs> and, I, and I posted something on Twitter saying, oh my God, they kidnapped a baby. What is the point of that? Is it to get a reaction like what I'm offering right now? Is it to get retweets? Is it to get likes on Instagram? What is it? I just don't get it. I know it's a Ryder Cup year. I know that. I can guarantee you that Davis Love III, the captain of the 2016 Ryder Cup for the U.S. team, is paying attention to all of this. Is there some ulterior motive? I want a conspiracy, guys. Can you can you feel it coming from me? I want some angle here because, quite frankly, that's just not something that five dudes do. They don't share all this stuff unless there is a purpose behind it. Or I'm just a truther. <laughs> I, I am a Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Smiley Coffin vacation truther. I want to know why they're doing it. Because it's driving me fucking crazy. But at any rate, during the Wednesday match play, hashtag Wednesday match play, I was talking to uh, Mr. Ricky Potts about uh, Adam Scott, who has since decided he's not going to uh, represent his country, Australia, at the 2016 Olympics when golf makes its triumphant return to the Olympic Games for the first time in however many years. Long time. On my discussion, or on my interview with with uh, Ricky, uh, I, I said some uh, pretty... I had some pretty hard opinions on whether uh, on Adam Scott's decision. I, I still hold them, obviously. I don't understand why he's not playing. I mean, this is something that is probably politically driven. He has some whatever motive for not for choosing not to play, uh, or at least he's going to say he is. And, and, and I put something out on Twitter saying, uh, I think I said Adam Scott is a weirdo. And uh, someone tweeted me from Australia um, saying that we're proud of him for doing it. I don't know what why that is. If someone's listening to this, uh, maybe Mr. Connect, uh, my buddy, uh, our buddy, uh, friend of the show from Australia, maybe you could shed some light on this for me. But why is Australia, or why are some Australians happy with the fact that perhaps their second best player, Jason Day being the first, has decided to completely forego the Olympic Games in the first year that it's that golf is back in the Summer Olympics? Why, why is that a good thing? I have, I don't see the sense in that. Now, granted, I'm coming from a biased perspective. I'm an American who feels that if you get invited or you earn your way into the Olympics, you should go and represent your country. And when we watch the opening ceremonies in a few months, we're going to see a hundred fucking Americans come out of whatever tunnel they're going to be in in Rio. And they're going to be waving the American flag, and there's going to be the basketball players from the NBA, and there's going to be the baseball players that nobody knows. <laughs> there's going to be, you know, the gymnasts, and there's going to be the track and field stars, and all these people are going to have smiles the size of Brazil. And 
we're going to feel or we're supposed to feel this country pride that we are so well represented represented <laughs> represented at the olympic games the greatest sporting stage on the planet and yet we have individuals such as adam scott in such a unique circumstance that's the word of the, this podcast by the way unique choosing to not take place He's not going to come out of that tunnel. He is not going to be alongside his Australian uh, brothers and sisters. Mates. I don't know. What do I call them? Mates and lassies? I, I don't know. Um, I've, uh, how many people have I offended so far? <laughs> He's not going to be them. I, I just don't, I don't get it. What am I missing? Now, I've heard people are unhappy with the, the format uh, for golf in the Olympics, stroke play. Let's have matches. Let's do something different other than what they're uh, going with. I, I get that. But is that reason enough to not want to partake? I, you play stroke play every week. Why, why is this any different? Another thing I've heard is that because there's such a tight schedule at the end of the year, because it's an Olympic year, and because it's a Ryder Cup year, which, by the way, is something that Adam Scott can't play in. But there's also going to be, what is it, two majors, the uh, the British Open or the Open Championship and the PGA Championship are going to take place in less than 45 days. I mean, that's pretty tight. That's two majors within a month of each other. Then you've got the Ryder Cup. Then you've got the Olympics. I wouldn't be surprised if more people back out. I said this on hashtag Wednesday Match Play as well. I wouldn't be surprised if more people back out. I don't think an American will do it. But because there's such a traffic jam of events that occur at the around the time of the Olympics and around the time that you need to make the decision whether or not you're going to be there, if not already, uh, people might get fatigued. I mean, look at Jordan Spieth, for example. Now, first and foremost, he, foremost, he's going to play in the Ryder Cup. He's going to play in the Olympics. I don't foresee him not doing either of those two things. But this is a guy who's 22 years old, getting fatigued, just had the year of his life, at least up to this point, last year. People want to see him. People across the globe want to see the next big thing. There's that phrase again. Jordan Spieth. So he travels, he goes multiple places, he plays in different events that he might not have played in had he not had the success that he did last year. He got tired. Yeah, he won Kapalua by, what was it, like eight shots or whatever the hell it was. He almost won the Masters until he had his meltdown on 12. But he still got tired, and this kid is a kid still. So it happens. And now we're asking guys who are certainly older than Jordan, to play in the Open Championship slash British Open, to play in the PGA Championship just a few weeks later, and then, depending on how well they've done up to this point, or if they get a captain's invite or become a captain's pick, they're going to play in the Ryder Cup. I'm thinking names like Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk, maybe, I don't know, Matt Kuchar, if he doesn't qualify already. And then... We're talking about guys who might might qualify for the Olympics. That's a lot of golf. That's a lot of golf. 
But Adam Scott doesn't have that excuse, at least not entirely. He can't play in the Ryder Cup. He's Australian. Why not take that opportunity? You've got the break between the PGA Championship and the Olympics. I, I just I don't get it. I, I, I really just don't get it. But at any rate, if you've heard this and if you've got some opinions on Adam Scott or if you've got some opinions on Bryson DeChambeau or those idiots who are having their spring break or wherever the hell they are, where are they, the Bahamas, Bermuda, who gives a shit? I'm sure we're going to find out. Oh, God, another thing I saw was Jordan Spieth hitting a tee shot on whatever golf course wearing nothing but swimming trunks. I mean, let's let's try to keep some classier people. <laughs> and no, I'm not trying to be an old fuddy-duddy here. I'm only... You guys know how old I am. And I just don't get it. I don't get it. Come on, guys. It's so fake at this point. Do we really need to see a picture of you? Whatever. We already talked about it. If you've got an opinion on it, share it with me on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email. Tell me how much I rambled during this episode. Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. Look me up on Facebook or look us up on Facebook, Golf Unfiltered as well. Uh, we will try to be ma- uh, be back next week with a guest. Uh, we're working on a few folks that I think you guys are going to enjoy. Uh, a couple people from the equipment side. We are definitely working on getting another PGA Tour pro on the on the uh, podcast. Someone who may have been in contention for much of the time uh, at the Masters. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we've also we bought a house. My wife and I bought a house recently, and uh, we are closing in mid-May. And so at some point, because I'm an idiot and I don't know how to make things like electricity and the internets work, uh, at least in any timely manner, there's probably going to be a time where we're going to have to take a break from the podcast. So if sometime in mid-May you don't hear an update, you don't get a little update on your phone with a new episode from from the podcast, that's probably why Adam fucked something up and I can't get the internet to work. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about it in coming episodes. But until that time, we will do our hard. Uh, we will work very hard to get uh, more guests on the on the podcast. If you are listening and you want to be a guest on the podcast, let's open it up to everybody. We've had a lot of golf writers on the show. We've had a lot of industry uh, players in the show. We've had a couple PGA Tour pros. But that doesn't mean you can't be on the show. We've had a few fo- uh, friends of ours from Twitter uh, up here. Feel free to reach out. If there's something you want to talk about, if you think that you'd like to appear on the show, let's let's make this an equal opportunity uh, podcast. So until that time, uh, stay good to yourselves. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the tournament that's coming up, and we will talk again next week. <laughs>